Broadcast is live. Welcome everybody to Catfish Weekly. Tonight we got Mark with Catfish and Crappy on. Uh, Lyle's muted himself and stepping back to the side. Me and Mark's going to run the show tonight. Catfish Carl is having some technical difficulties. Hopefully we can bring him in here in just a few minutes. With that being said, Mark, thank you for coming in and joining me here and uh, stepping up and taking uh, Lyle's place tonight. Well, I don't know about taking Lyle's place, but I'm real happy to be here. I'm happy well, to be able to lend a hand, and, and we'll get her figured out as soon as Lyle gets back on here. I can't wait to talk to him. Everybody, don't forget to hit the thumbs up, share it, uh, get us out here, get as many likes. So hopefully, we can get Carl in here tonight and get the questions rolling. Uh He's got a lot to teach us. He's got a lot that he's learned about river fishing, Mark. And uh, I think he's got a lot of information he can share with the public. I really do. I, I agree with you. I'm real interested in seeing how he made that transition from when he moved out there. So that'd be kind of cool. Wondering how yeah. long it took and what kind of steps he took to, to, to learn his way around. The Magic Probably Kingdom, isn't that what they call where he fishes? Yep, Tennessee River area. Yeah. Uh, well, tonight, let's go ahead and call some names out. We've got Chad in the house, Muskrat, Ohio, Catfish Chasers, the Headhunter, Tim Molina, Miss D's in the house, LG Bass, Mr. Dockery's in the house, Creole, Avid. Who else we got? Buckeye in here. If I miss your names, guys, I do apologize. We'll catch you in here. Great Outdoors, Michael Morello. I about couldn't spit his name out there. You see any names in there that I'm missing? Please throw them out there. There's Mr. Yeah. Finn Seekers in the house. I see Epic Catfish out there. I saw Hooked Catfishing out there. Creole Catfishing. I'm not sure if you mentioned him. Kind of looking at my list over here. I see Mr. James Ward, Joe Buck, uh, John Patrick Jr., Junior Proctor's Blue Dog Fishing. Man, I do love those those planer boards he has. I'm just starting to drag baits, and they did me really well. I see James in house. Yep. Uh, Mike Irving. Uh, I see Missouri Creek fishing in the house. Robert, how are you? There's epic. How did, I got to check out some of his stuff. I've been been seeing people talk about him. I got to check it out and see what he's getting into. There's big mics in the house tonight. I see Ohio catfish chasers. I see Muskrat Adventures. Roger, uh, he's always nice to see. There's Katie Collins in the house. She got a set of the bobbers too. Sonny Parker, Brandon G. We got all kind of good people in here tonight. Yeah, Guys, don't forget, check out each other's channels, share the love, check out their channels, and uh, share them up. Spread out, spread the love around a little bit. I agree. There's a bunch of good people. Some of my favorite YouTubers are out here right now in the chat. Uh, Good to see him. While we're waiting on him to come in, won't you tell us a little bit about this uh, challenges that have uh, been going on? Well, I've been seeing, you know, a lot of videos online ever since I started watching YouTube about guys doing one versus one, two versus two, boat versus boat. And, uh, you know, and Chad had that wonderful idea to do the couples challenge. Yeah. So he gets a lot of credit in this. He he gave me the opportunity to to help host the day that he was out there. And I, I had a real good time. Um, if you guys, you know, have time, go out to fishing with the Chad. It's T-H-A Chad. And uh, check out uh, um, the four episodes uh, I'm on number four, so I'm going to push episode number four. Um, <laughs> and uh, 
me and Dockery were talking and, you know, we decided to challenge each other at a, a day of fishing and it turned out to be a heck of a lot of fun, even though I got my butt handed to me. <laughs> totally destroyed, but we had fun. There's uh, a couple of good things that came from that. So we were happy to do that. So I decided to, to keep moving on. So um, I'm getting a lot, a lot of people who want to do it. Um, I, I just wish there was more time in a day and in a week to be able to do it. But it looks like we're going to start doing them on, on Saturday mornings. Uh, weekly, I'm getting all ramped up, getting set up, uh, trying to get everything in place. Um, we're going to have, uh, I think Norm uh, is fishing this week. Uh, who's he fishing? Oh, he's fished against J-Dog, against Jason. So they're going to be in the same boat, so it'll be a little easier to handle. Uh, and then I got some other offers uh, uh, to come on. I'm just trying to fit them all in with Thanksgiving coming up and stuff. So we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna, we're gonna see what happens with all this. Hopefully it'll turn out great. Oh, cool. I'm I'm interested in watching. I know it's going to be fun for others to watch it. I mean, is it going to be how long is it going to run? Well, last one went for five hours. Uh, Norm was saying he wants to do six hours this Saturday. I'm thinking maybe I'm thinking I might keep it down to four hours. Yet I'm still in the process of getting it all figured out. You know, um, six hours is a, is a long stream, um, and we'll see what happens this week, and we'll, we'll figure out the decision. Uh, I'll make my decision from there. I see, I see Chunky Cats. I see Avid just popped in, and I saw Dinks and Palmetto popping. I want to make sure. Yeah, Triple those. Sevens, uh, yeah. Squirrel, uh, Kansas Fisherman. We got a David Martin's in the house. He's a friend of mine. Uh, dark, dirty outdoors. My Greenville. I keep saying that David Martin, when I when I see all the flathead he catches, man, I get awfully envious. That guy, that guy gets on him, and he's got that new boat. He's getting all set up. He's been posting some stuff that's pretty cool stuff to see on uh, on uh, Facebook. Take that big mic. Thank you very much. We can sure use it, buddy. Uh, who else we got in here? Oh, Jason Lamb's in the house. We got all kind of good people. The numbers are cracking up, but I can't see them. I can't tell you how many numbers on my side of the board because when Lyle signs it in, we can't see it. We do I'm appreciate sure. each and every one of you coming in, guys and gals, um, and supporting Catfish Weekly and supporting Mark when he started, he's doing his thing. And Thank I appreciate you. you coming in and watching my show and watching everybody's show. Don't forget, there's a show on every night of the week. Uh, everybody's got good content try to change it up a little bit so everybody 103 there you yes. go i'm seeing 105 on my end with 49 51 thumbs up if you guys could give keep giving us a thumbs up that'd be great i'm i'm sure yes, to help sir. bring lyle back to health faster yeah uh i guess if i'd sign in with my second device i could probably see that but on my side i can't uh so i don't know let me test him right quick if you don't mind tell him a little bit about um is it going to be just catfishing for these little tournaments or is it going to be any fish or what? Yeah, no problem. Um, basically, it's going to be whatever the people that are on there want it to be. Uh, when me and Dockery did that first one, kind of the trial one, it was, you know, my I was fishing for red-breasted sunfish and bluegill and stuff. And uh, he was fishing stocker trout. So uh, it was just fish for fish. Uh, I think Norm's doing, obviously, uh, catfishing this weekend. Uh, if you guys want to do crappie or, or, or whatever, you know, it's up to the contestants. You guys come up with the agreement. I'll provide the, you know, the, the space for you to do it. And I'll be happy to do the sports caster slash, you know, MC type <laughs> deal for you. So Michael Castello Costello. We appreciate that too, my friend. Any little bit sure does help. Uh, 
try to make you make sure we bring y'all the best that we can bring you. I had some new names in the house. There's Mo Homestead, and I've seen that name before. Absolutely. That was, that was a nothing in I here. I see Keith from Fishing Stuff. Yes, sir. I'm Keith's good old boy. Mike Harley, Turner, 712, MB Heritage Farms. Mike Greenwell is in the house, too. There's Chrissy Brown. Don't see Chrissy in here a whole lot, but appreciate you coming in. Guys, I just sent him another text, asked him how's it doing. He had to factory reset his phone, so he might be having to download everything back onto his phone to get it going. He is on the water. He's not able to set where he normally sets, so uh, it might be a little bit iffy. So we're going to try to entertain you while we can. we got Flint Hill coming into the house. Joe, Sierra, is that right? Sierra, no. Uh, if I butcher your name, please don't shoot me. We're trying. So, uh, hey, you know, James, when I when we talked today earlier today, you were, you were putting together bobbers, and I was wondering how you got started in making those and, and, and where that idea came from and, and how you decided to use that money to help people. I really Well, uh, it all started probably two years ago. The pool, I had pool noodles around from the grandbabies and um, them doing their junk and whatever. But I had seen Chris Flores had some bobbers out. Now, I don't own none, never had none, just seen him using them on one of his videos. And I thought, you know, I can make some of them for, for myself, not to sell, just for myself. And, uh, uh oh, Carl's trying to, well, he's trying to come in, guys. Uh, but, uh, and I made a few and showed the video how I made them. And uh, he's still trying to come in. Come on. It's really me a little bit. Um, and I showed a couple videos of how I done it, you know, and they wasn't perfect. In fact, the first ones actually come apart because I was trying to make them different, very different. Uh, and Jim Clark, Kentucky Catman, got some of the first ones and he threw them out in the water and thought he was getting a hit. Well, he went to reel in, and the barber still kept going across the lake. It uh, it come apart. Good thing it didn't have the lights in it at the time. Uh, so, and I changed it up, and I went with this because I liked the lightning bugs, and I started adding the lights, and I changed it up a little bit. Well, Catawba Backwoods got a hold of me, and him and his wife or girlfriend, I can't remember if they're married or not, uh, got in touch with me and wanted me to make them some bobbers, sell them some bobbers. Thank you, David. Appreciate Thank that. Uh, and I said, uh, I said, man, I can't make them for free. I said, you know, I really didn't make them to sell, but you know, if you want to buy them, I will. And so it's all started that way. And, um, uh, it took off and they progressively got better. I changed my designs. I wanted them. I wanted them strong enough that the everyday fisherman, if you drop them, kick them, step on them, whatever, you can pick them up, put them back on your reel, throw them out there and, and still fish with them. Uh, I made them tank tough. Uh, I, I do not slouch on the products that I use to make them. Uh, I've actually went through probably 10 different type of pool noodles till I found one. And I did bring blue ones up here with me today, guys, so you could actually see them instead of the green ones. Uh, so, and David's actually found me some yellow ones. I've still got to order some from this company to see if they like, I like them. But 
these bobbers, that blue just about wants disappeared on it. It just about, if I had a blue screen, it would. Uh, but with these pool noodles, they're almost a closed cell. So when I heat them up, it closes that cell. So when you reel them in, you're not getting soaking wet. Yep. Because a regular pool noodle, they hold a lot of water. Even though they float, well, they will hold a lot of water. This way, they don't hold a lot of water. And um, these are actually, we're going to give some give these away tonight on chat. These are actually the rattlers. Oh, very nice. So I come out with a rattling, a, a rattling barber also. So, um, Yeah, I've seen a... I've seen uh, uh, Jonathan at Hook Catfish and use them. I use them. I haven't had any issues. I didn't even think of, didn't even come to mind that I'd get wet with them. I had no problem. So whatever you're doing, you're doing it right. They're sealing up really well. So, but, you know, I just, uh, I, I just, it all it is, it's another tool in your arsenal for chasing yep. catfish. Uh, you know, and a lot of guys, he's saying nothing he can do. Oh. <sighs> All right, while you're doing that, I'll, I see uh, One Ton Fishing Club in. I don't know if we mentioned them. I see uh, Mike Sampson. Hey, Sampy, how are you? Uh, let's see who else in here we might have missed. Fishing with JBT. How are you, sir? Little Buckets of Sunshine. Hello, Anna. Uh, if you're looking for a good, like, gardening, homesteading type uh, uh, channel, check out uh, Anna and uh, Mo. She'll test some good ones, too. Let's see if there's anybody else we're missing here. Uh, 777 Outdoors. Uh, I believe we said Mr. Gadget Fishing and, of course, James Dockery. Did we mention Dockery? I think we did. We yeah, can't we can't miss Dockery. Heck no. He'll probably send somebody after us. I just sent him a message. He said, ain't really nothing he can do. I said, man, I hope you can get it figured out. Keep trying. If not, we'll just do it another day. So, Mark, it looks like it's going to be me and you for right now until he can figure it out, if he can. Mm -hmm. Uh He's pretty savvy because he does a lot of live feeds, but if he's having to do a factory reset on his phone, that don't sound good. Maybe, maybe he can get moved to a place where where he gets a signal if it's not his phone. But we'll, we'll figure but out. I don't think it's I don't think it's the signal because he moved and he, we texted him back and forth and we talked. Mm -hmm. and he said he's got a full signal, so gotcha. it's something on his phone. Uh, and if it'd be like me, if I had to do a factory reset, I dang sure would have none of my passwords with me. Yeah, this is true. <laughs> get one of the so, so how do you rig up those bobbers? What works best for you, James? Uh, I use, I found that they throw better if you use just like a plain Carolina rig. Mm -hmm. I know a lot of people like using the sinker slide with the bank sinker on them or whatever. And you can throw them with that. They have a tendency to want to start helicoptering when you throw them with that rig. Mm -hmm. Uh, but a lot of people, what they're doing is they're not really casting them. They're just kind of lobbing them out when you got a little bit of current and letting them drift back. Letting them drift. You know, when I use uh, them, I like using a, I use like the big, I have one ounce uh, egg sinkers that I get and I'll stack two or three on them if I do right above whatever swivel I'm using. And right. sometimes if I'm fishing like heavy cover, like I think I mentioned this to you before, I use like a modified knocker rig which is right. pretty much like a knocker rig with some uh, glow-in-the-dark beads right above it, which helps keep gotcha. the weight off the off the hook. <clears throat> Excuse me. And that seems to work pretty good for me if I'm fishing like during the – I like them during the day. Right. If I'm fishing tight to cover and stuff, I can do exactly like you said, uh, 
cast them out, float them into where I want them, keep them there, yeah, yeah. which is good. I did have another idea. Um, another idea I had is even when anchored is using planer boards to get them out yep. to the side. So you can yep. get like multiple floats behind your boat at different, you know, yes, sir. distances back and different distances to the left and right. That's something that I'm looking forward to trying this year. So, or oh, next yeah. year, I should say next season. If you got plenty of current in planter boards <laughs> and people don't realize you can use them sitting on the bank too. Mm -hmm. If you got plenty of current, you can ease them things out and let that bait pull straight out in front of you. Yep. Instead of worrying about your bait being drifted down the Daggum River, keep it right on the planter board and let that planter board pull them out there to where you want them and then set them in the thing. He says uh, his phone has crashed. And every time he brings it up, it's crashing back. So, Mark, it looks like uh, we're going to rule this show tonight. Well, we'll figure it out. We can talk, oh, about, yeah. we can talk uh, about whatever. But, but planter boards and bobbers and anything that you add to your arsenal for catfishing is a plus in your, in your chance to catch that fish of a lifetime. Uh, they're, just, they're just tools. And you got to have the right tool for the trade. If you're chasing catfish, you need to use everything in your power to get what you want to get. I'm finding out that a lot of people are using these bobbers, or I call them floats. They're using these floats in a total different way than I ever expected. They're drifting them over deep structure. They're drifting them off and letting the baits be held up on suspended fish that's up on Dagum creek channel ledges or the main river ledges. If they're suspended up halfway up on the ledge, they're letting them drift across. And then when that bobber stands right up, they know that thing is sitting mm -hmm. right on the right depth, right off that edge. Then they know exactly where that river channel is, that river channel ledge. And then they can mark it. They know they're anchored up in the right place. And then they can set other baits out next to it. So they're using it not just as floating baits, but as an indicator. I've, I've used them for pike fishing, <laughs> your, your oh, bobbers, actually. And uh, there's a couple of spots where I fish where there's uh, heavy weed cover. And if you can keep right. your bait above the weeds, you're better off. So yes. one day one day I was figuring, well, we're going to try the bobber. We'll get the bobber out there, and uh, we'll float the bait, bait above it. And obviously there's a slight current at this spot that I'm fishing at, not, not like you'd be used to. But uh, what I would do is I'd cast over a couple of stumps over the weed beds, just float it down with a big old J-hook. And I was actually, I was looking for catfish at first. I was getting hit upon hit upon hit. I was missing them, missing them. Switched over to J-hook. Next thing you know, I got like a 38-inch pike. So they, right. they, work for, they work for more than just catfish. You can use them for anything, any fish's size. And I think floating it over cover is a good way. When, when you're throwing out those Carolina rigs and you're bringing them back in to check your bait and everything's covered in weeds, you know you're not going to get any fish. And a lot of times, even with like a, a, a drag a, a dragon or, or a, a peg float or whatever, you still right. can't get it out of the weeds. That's the thing. Right. No, and it's and the dagger like hydrilla and stuff is bad about it'll wrap around your line, yep. and once you get one on there, it's over. It's over. I see peel and drag catfish in the house. Seeing him come in, running late fishing. Uh, Lynn Leapers in the house. How are you, Lynn? Just going through. Uh, we said hello to Creole already. Uh, Dinks outdoors. I'm not sure if I said hello to you, but uh, there's another young man that's doing well. Uh, doing really good videos out there. Check them out. Give them a sub. 
Chesapeake Bay catfishing. Uh, I think we got a lot of people. If we missed you, we're really sorry. We're trying to get a Carl on here for all you guys. Hopefully, uh, Carl's is here tonight. Yeah, it uh, like Hagen Grubbs yeah. fishing. Hello, Hagen. How are you? Sir, good to see him in here. I love watching their video, his videos with him and his son out fishing. It's just a that father and son team is yeah. just I, I love it. And he's got Mr. a video. Yeah. Finn has Go a video ahead. with uh, uh, Hagen's son and his son. They're out together yeah. fishing for crappie. That yeah. was fun to watch. That was really yeah. fun to watch. Mr. Gadget uh, said, "Tell us how to heat seal the pool noodles." I just use a heat gun, guys. Uh, you just twist that. I mean, I'm probably giving away a little secret, but I want y'all to know if you use it for other things and it don't seal all the water out, guys, but what happens is the pool noodles are what they call an open sail. So you got part of the bubbles are completely, you know, round and then some of them have pop. That's what they call open sail. Mm -hmm. It'll still float. It, 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 no problem. But them, them open sails will hold water. And they'll get spongy filling and waterlogged. Still float. Uh, but I just take these once I've got the barber completely made. I take and fire up my heat gun. And I got it on a stand so it don't move. And I just twist them and let it. And you can see the sheen starting to form on it. And when you do that, I just pull the heat away from it and just tap my fingers around it. And it'll close them sails up. And there'll be a few still open here and there. There ain't nothing you can do about that. It's just a, it's the product it's made out of. But not all pool noodles will do that. That's why it took me about 10 different type pool noodles. The cheap Walmart ones and stuff like that, they will not seal all the way up. They are completely open sail. And... So it took me a while to actually find good noodles that I could do that with. Uh, well, apparently, apparently you did because they work well for me. And I know a bunch of guys that use them; they they work well for them. I did see uh, I see Betty in the house. Betty came in. I want to make sure I don't miss Betty. Uh, and there was one more in here that I, I'm trying to keep up. I see Paula Smith is out there. Hello, Paula. Yes. I had Paula on my show. She was a treat to have. She really was oh, yeah. a great lady. So is Betty. I had all the ladies on one night and. That was a lot of fun. I just want to make sure they know that how grateful I am to have been given the opportunity to talk to all of them. Oh, yeah. I've had them on. Uh, you know, I had had Betty on, but I've had Paul on there. And I actually a while back had a, oh, my God, I just had a brain fart. Uh, I get Tiffany, them all the time. Tiffany Hart. Okay. You know, she done changed over and become a bass fisher lady. And uh, she's doing good. Uh, she's fishing tournaments and stuff, and she loves it. So I had her on there, but we didn't have a real good connection. Her uh, her internet was and her old computer was not wanting to participate real good that night. She kept freezing up. Audio was good, but the video wasn't too good. So, but I love seeing the ladies in there. I love seeing children in there. Everybody enjoying the sport of catfishing, guys and gals. Uh, just do not ever. How do I say this? We all like YouTube. Some of us love it more than others. Some of it want to make it a lifestyle or a job, and that's fine and well. But please do not ever let that camera ruin the day of fishing. Sometimes just leave the camera at home and go out there and just enjoy the day of fishing. The good Lord blessed us all. Enjoy it. I still That's do that to this time. I'll leave my gear at home and just go out, which is kind of cool. 
I did see Flint Hill Catfish. I want to make sure I don't miss him. Yes. I just saw him pop up on there. Oh, yeah. He catches some monsters on them daggum kites I, and them daggum rivers too, buddy. I'm telling you, hey. I'm going to make Lyle lose a bet, and I'm going to get him on a kayak. You watch. Next well, summer. Good luck with that one. <laughs> I'd be like getting me on one of them. Uh, and Flint Hill's like big nasty. Them's two big old boys. I had them both on my pontoon for Jeff Manning's uh, tournament. There's two big old boys on there. Yeah, I saw uh, them on Facebook. They were visiting with uh, David Martin over at his place. They yeah. all look to be about the, the those two do look to be about the same size. So good for them. I'm glad they're in my corner. Norm's out there too. If we missed you, Norm, how are you? Yeah. Uh, very cool. So, um, uh, how's fishing change in the winter by you, James? Uh, actually, the blues pick up. It gets better. You start seeing the bigger blues coming in. Uh. You can pick up flatheads around here in the wintertime. Uh, now, last year, if you'll go back and look at some of my videos from this year, uh, thank you, Mike. Um, you will see us in January and February, me and Wampus Cat, catching fish in two and three foot of water in January and February. But the lake water, for some reason, was at 50 degrees, 49 and 50 degrees. Uh, I would have never guessed that you catch catfish in the wintertime up shallow. I got fooled. So, uh, guys, just when you think you ain't catching fish, try something different. Go against the grain. Totally go against the grain because I've heard so long them wise tales. You got to fish deep for catfish. You got to go to the deepest holes. Well, one and two foot of water ain't exactly a deep hole. I'm sure Jonathan will, will agree with me. I don't really know what deep holes are fishing out here on the Fox River. So that's something I need to get used to when I start spreading my wings and, and hitting some of these other places a little more often. So, uh, What you're saying there is that now that's just the opposite. You're in a river that's shallow. You want to look for the deeper holes. Yep. And, you know, so... Everything has, that's why I hate we ain't got Carl in here tonight because he really has a different way of looking about things. He said something the other night, and uh, I'll kind of elaborate on it a little bit, but not a whole lot because I want to have him on the show. Mm -hmm. Is that he said something that I've, hear, I've heard a ton of people talk about drifting the flats and stuff like that. Uh, coming up out of the river channel, looking for those long flats, either drifting them, anchor up on them, or whatever. He don't do that. He said, find the door to the ledges. He finds the transition spots. They've always, there's usually, if you will look around, along the channel ledge leading up to those ledges. Yep. There's somewhere where instead of having a real steep channel edge, it'll be a little bit less. And it might not be but a 10-foot little old creek channel or, or an eroded spot in that river channel. Anything different, that's what he sets up on. That's where you'll catch them fish transitioning. They will use that something that's irregular, and they will use it as a – as a, as a, like a roadway. 
that's where they're leaving to feed. I've always learned. You know, they're, uh, they're, they're at the top of a hole, up current, going into the current, and when 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 they're ready to leave, that's how they. When they're ready to leave to feed, that's where they go. That's the way they I'm, come out. I'm gonna give you one analogy, and I won't say nothing else of what he said. One uh, analogy. Highway patrol on the interstate. Where do they set? That hidden on the side of the road. On the on the on ramps yep. and the exits. Mm-hmm. There you go. Look for the on ramps and the exits yep. up to spots that you want to fish. If you want to drag baits across those shallow flats, because if you're fishing at sixty foot in the river channel, thirty foot on the flats, they gotta have a transition spot. Yeah, they can rise up and down on that ledge, but like any other wildlife, Mark, you know good and well, if they get out in the open, they start feeling a little vulnerable. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Even though, you know, a 50-pound catfish really ain't nothing in the water going to mess with him, it's something that's instilled with them their whole life. Well, that's how they got to be 50 pounds. There you go. Right? There you go. So, you know, Guys and gals, use every tool in your toolbox. Uh, mainly, I I stick to Navionics, and I hate I ain't got to fish much this year because I I feel like an idiot trying to explain stuff to people and they're not seeing videos coming from me. Guys and gals, I take a lot of notes. I learn a lot from each and every one of you. I don't care if you just started catfishing yesterday. I have something to learn from you because they might be something that you're doing that ain't a daggum one of us even thought about. You might say, well, I'm going to do this because ain't nobody else doing it. Well, that might be the next cotton picking world changing catfish gadget in the whole daggum system. But if you ain't paying attention, you'll never know. It's the little bitty details that can change a good day to a bad day or a bad day to a good day more. I agree 100%. You know, there's so many tools available to us this day, not just not just tackle-wise, gear-wise, but knowledge-wise. I mean, yes. look at what you can learn from YouTube. Look what you can learn from talking to people, networking with people, you know, through social media and such. Uh, and I'm not talking about, you know, looking for their spots or whatever. Most exactly. people you talk to, they're they're always friendly. They're always willing to help. I know yes. I to be as well. And there's a, so many people out here, even in the chat, that I've spoken to that I've learned so much from. So I think I'm a, I'm a better angler for it, definitely. And yes. all I can say is people out there, you know, help each other out, and you'll be happier for it. So, Right. And, and that's, that's exactly what. That's exactly what I say, Mark, is that I want to give credit where credit is due. Absolutely. Uh, to everybody that's out here that's coming in here to our show, supporting our shows. Guys, we watch, and I know I, y'all don't see me in y'all's live shows a lot. Guys, I'm in there. When I take these glasses off, I can't see crap on this screen and stuff. But I'm an old man. I do the best I can around the house during the day. So at night, I lay down about 8 o'clock. Y'all shows come on. I got y'all on my iPad right there beside the bed, and I'm listening to your show. So, guys, I do want to let you know I pay attention. Uh, Palmetto's been having some great informational shows coming in there. Everybody's doing a great job. we got a lot of new people coming into the sport. And do not mislead people, guys. There are a lot of people out there that's going to try to mislead you 
simply because they think that you're looking for their honey hole. There is no honey holes, guys. Yeah, you got some spots that do better than the others, but you worked your tail off to find them spots. The best question that you can ask a man is, what made you choose that spot? Yep. What made you, out of the whole daggum river you decided to fish, what made you choose that spot? Because there's 10 million other spots just like that. But if you don't know why he chose it, then you're going to overlook them. Mark might have a daggum hole that he picks out, and he knows that he can go there and catch him fish, whether they transition from bedding areas or feeding areas. But he found that spot. What made you find that spot, Mark? Or or what's or what why are they there is the question I ask myself all the time. If I get on some fish, whether it's you know my spot or a new spot or whatever it is, I'm constantly asking myself why are they there. Now I, I suffer from something called analysis paralysis sometimes, <laughs> but if I don't ask myself that question, I'm never gonna know what I'm doing. So I, I look at the whole thing as a growing experience and experience to to try to try to figure it out and grow my skill set from there. But I totally get what you're saying, and I totally agree with it. Uh, ask a lot of questions. Listen to what people are saying. Never quit asking why, and you're going to be at a better angler for it. I know a lot of guys that fish out here by me that have done exactly that, and they're killing it both on YouTube and off of YouTube. And, but and let me tell you guys, they people say, oh, I've seen him catch a 30-pound fish. That ain't a big fish. Let me tell you guys. 95% of the people out here will never catch a 30-pound fish. Will never put a 30-pound fish in the boat. They out there, they're happy catching fish, whether it's a big one or a small one. Yeah, they hope one will come by and grab it, you know. But they're taking their Zebco 33s and their grandkids out there. They're out there catching them a mess of catfish for supper that night, and they're having fun. Um. So if if you don't have thirty pound catfish in your in your lake or your rivers, and say twenty pounds, the the biggest one that's ever been caught in that water is twenty pound. If you catch a fifteen pound catfish in that water, you caught a monster. Yeah, you did. I mean, I not only have like my overall PBs, I have PBs per body of water. Whether it's you a, go. you know, I got a pond where I got, you know, a 13-inch crappie I caught out of that I try to beat a 13-inch crappie out of there. there I, got a, go. I, got, I got a small lake where I got an 11-pound channel cat. I'm looking to beat 11 pounds on that lake. So, there you uh, go, right. It's a challenge, but those are all big fish where I caught them. And, right. and that goes the same for all over the, the country. So, you know, don't be discouraged. We have a lot of great fishermen here. We have a lot of big fish fishermen in here. But if anybody's yeah. like newer and, and that, don't be discouraged. Figure oh, out what's going on. Talk to the people in the, uh, you know, that fish, that body of water, see what they're catching and be proud of what you're getting, you know? Yeah, Muskrat, I seen the picture of that 30, that 36 pound blue your daughter caught. That's a good I, fish. That was fantastic. I'd love yes. that picture. Love to see yes. that. Congratulations. And guys and gals, and don't think that you need the best of the best to go out and catch these fish. Like I said, say if the biggest fish is 50 pounds yep. in the water that you fish. Mm -hmm. Go out and get you, what is it, the ugly sticks. Uh, something cheaper. Actually, go with something lighter than the ugly sticks. Make that fight be fun. Yeah. Don't use a broom handle to reel in a 20-pound fish. 
You know, I uh, I went doing a little exploring fishing last week, and I, I was fortunate enough to hook into my first bowfin or dogfish or shoe pack, and I hooked into him on on an ultralight reel with four pound mm. test, and it was like fighting a tarp, and it was it was fun. Yes, I managed to get it all on video. I just got to download it, and maybe I'll put it on Facebook or something. But it was a heck of a lot of fun. You can do the same thing with catfish. And who yes. here? I saw here in chat, David Martin said a 30-pound flathead will pull your arm off. I totally agree. I think flathead <laughs> in the 30-pound range, those are the running backs. Yes. You know, they're they're the yes. fastest, they're the strong, they're the strongest for their size. Uh you know, a lineman's gonna pull really a lineman's gonna push and pull real hard, you know, for the the the, the time the play's over. But you get a running back out there like those 30-pound flathead, and you're in for a fight. Those are always my favorite. But the meanest is a 15 to 25 pound blue will gnaw your freaking fingers off. He will twist your <laughs> fingers loose from your knuckles. That some gun's got a dag up. He's got an attitude like a channel cat. He does. I have not. No, I, I'm still looking for that blue. We'll get, we're going to get one. We'll see. We'll see. Hopefully very yeah, soon. Mr. Justin Fishing Fetish in tonight. Good. Hello, Mr. Justin. Jason Ward. Uh, yeah, 30 pound flatties are fun. They are some bulldogs. It's like they trying to stick their nose in the freaking mud on the bottom yep. as you trying to get them up. Uh, but yeah, talking about that daggum bowfin, the first one I caught, I was uh, bass fishing and some backwaters throwing a daggum a white spinnerbait with some Colorado blades on there, and he tore that freaking spinnerbait all to pieces. Oh yeah. They the wire was just bent up. It was just, he tore it up. It was probably about four pound, you know. But it just amazed me. I done thought I had about an eight or nine pound largemouth, and it was that bowfin. And the first time I pulled it up, I thought, "What in the heck? This son of a gun got a mouthful of teeth." That was fun. I thought I thought it was on for some reason. I thought I had hooked into a carp, which I do every now and then, like a twenty pound carp. It was pulling that hard, and it was running like a salmon. So I was kind of at a loss for words. We're talking, it almost spooled me the whole way. It was really fun to catch. That was a good, good time. So is that the largest fish you ever caught when you're out there with a four-pound line ultralight? No, I've gotten a little bigger than that. Uh, I was not messing around. I, like I said, I've gotten like like a 38-inch pike with, with ultralight, and I've gotten like a 35-inch muskie on ultralight line fishing with worms. That was fun. Mr. Joey Kirby's in the house tonight. Let's see. Had a big flathead today. Messed with him trying to go live, and he got me down in a tree. Yeah, oh. that's one of them times you just leave the camera alone, Joey. It's, uh, <laughs> but you want to catch it on film. You do, you do when you know you got a good one. But uh, You know how many hours of footage I go through? I leave mine roll. I buy oversized SD cards, and I'll leave one GoPro run nonstop. And you know what happens all the time? As soon as I get to the end of that four and a half hours of fishing and I hear that beep, 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 I start catching fish. Oh, yeah. You know, never fails. Never fails. Well, the best cameras I use, Mark, I got a GoPro 5 Hero or whatever mm -hmm. it is. And I like it. But I've got two iPhone 6s uh -huh. and my iPhone 8, and I set up the 6s. And they'll just about run continuously. As long as they got battery power, they will video. They will video. And actually, the iPhone 8 and the 6s has got a better, if not, got a as good, if not better, camera on there. And the audio is a lot better. So if you can find you some iPhones or some Samsung's, guys, cheap. 
Or if you got uh, them sitting in your drawer, I got a couple of those sitting in my drawer right now, so they work. And <laughs> plus, if you like Windy Day, you can drop that rascal in a pocket, mm -hmm. still get good audio, but then you lose all the wind noise. Yep. Uh, so I see some new people just came in. I see yeah. uh, uh, Mike Castillo Outdoors. I see uh, Jesse O'Neill, Brandon e Enix. I hope I said that right. Uh, let's see. Somebody else came around and we got a running late fishing as well. So hello to you yeah. guys. Thanks for checking it out. Mr. Big Nasty, pilling drags in the house tonight. Appreciate everybody coming in. This is a, but I seen that uh, Palmetto had them on there talking about car fishing. I meant to call Jake today. I told him I was going to call him today. I talked with him after the show last night. Palmetto, uh, good guy. I oh, Jake's good people. He's a good veteran. It's a uh, really good people. Him and Joe both. Uh, but the carp fishing, I heard you talking about you catching a few carp here and there. Now that's a daggum bulldog oh, right yeah. there. They fight pretty hard. They're they're good fighters. I I got I cut my teeth catching carp with my grandfather. I mean nothing as fancy as like English style. It's, it was always right. either you know red worms or or corn sweet corn. And, right. uh, and I'd be kidding if I didn't say I went out in the spring looking for, for carp to use for, for bait, you know, right. but they're still fun to catch. There's nothing like, you know, 10 pound, I use 10 pound, uh, uh, braid for them and, uh, regular Eagle claw number. What is it? Number two hooks with corn. Yeah. And it's, it's always a fun fight with a, like a medium rod. It, it, it gets to be good. Some of them are big, big, big too. I mean, I've hooked into yeah. 25 pounders. And uh, too big to use for bait, probably just because they're too messy. But that was right, one heck right. of a fight. They're, it's a good time. They're, uh, they, uh, Matthew Anthony, he's probably in here watching tonight. He don't chat a whole lot. Great fisherman. But he goes, he said that they had set up one week during vacation or something on the Broad River, which is right there next to his house. Mm -hmm. And it Broad in that area has got a pretty good current. And it's not real deep, but they went out there for about a week and chummed it up with corn and then went back the next week and all week long sat out there in that current with light rod and reels catching anywhere from, say, 7 to 15 to 16-pound common carp in that current and said that was probably the funnest days of fishing that he's ever had. And Matthew has a good day of fishing, but... You know, light tackle out there sitting on the riverbank. Guys and gals, they don't get no better than that. It don't matter what you're catching. You know, it's funny that you mentioned that, uh, James. I I did the same thing. I actually watched a video of uh, uh, Luke Nichols about how he went out and chummed an area for a whole week. So uh, I had an old pressure cooker sitting around, and I did exactly like Michael Morello had mentioned yesterday on, on Palmetto Show. I, I uh, pressure cooked a bunch of feed corn. I mean, I got a 50-pound bag of it. cost me like six bucks, not even six bucks over at Farmer Fleet. Made up a big five-gallon bucket of it, and I'm going to chum all week. So I go out there, chum one day, two days, three days. I'm coming on the fifth day. I go out there. As soon as I go out there, like four muskrats come out. They're eating all my corn. I went out there the next day. I didn't get a carp for none. All I did was feed the muskrats for a week straight. Oh. <laughs> I was like, son of a gun. All that well, there was some fat muskrats in, all I can say. They, they were happy. They were happy to see me. That's for sure. They come oh, Lord. That's my that's little story. Not my about, look. That's my story with chumming for carp. 
Uh, SK's crappy catching adventures is out there. SK is a heck of a fisherman. I know Lyle talks about him all the time. I've been watching him forever, and he's a good guy. He he knows how to he he knows what he's doing when it comes to crappie. That's for sure. Uh, Dale's in here tonight. Good to see you, and that's some new names. Uh, but yeah, guys. Oh, I know a guy that he used to go down there to Wiley all the time. Say Wiley's the home of the world record buffalo, eighty-eight pounds. Uh. And they are some big buffalo in that lake. Uh, Jeff Manning's caught a number of them over 60. That's awesome. That's, that is monsters. But these guys go out and chum a spot, and they'll chum it out deep. And then as it getting closer to time for them to come in and fish that weekend or something, they'll start, fit, they'll start chumming shallower. How they chum way out, they use a tater gun. You ever had a? You ever shot a tater gun? I, I have, and I've I've seen guys actually make uh, uh, freeze their bait in the ice cubes, and yep. they'll actually load them up in those guns and launch them out in for salt water. I've seen that. Oh yeah, gun. Yeah. Oh, them them are that gun big cannons. They they're high pressure cannons shooting them rascals out. But these are just Pretty old cool. hairspray tater guns, mm -hmm. and they'll just take and wrap them up in like a some kind of leaf or something, something that you know, no paper or nothing. Yep. Of course, I mean, nah, they might be wrapping them up in toilet paper. I don't know. But they'll launch a cotton picking ball of that bait, and it'll look like a shotgun hit the water bait everywhere. But it seems to work. But there again, Mark, that's another tool yeah, for the trade that they're doing. Uh, and they, today, you know, everybody has these drones. I, don't, yeah. I, I can see them dropping baits way out there if they need to. I'm surprised more yeah. people don't do that since they're so readily available. That uh yeah, Tim said he put a hole in his in his mama's garage with a tater gun. <laughs> I'd hate to get shot with one of them cotton picking things. Uh, you would tell you what shoots best out of them though. Them old green pears, them old uh really? pears that's hard. <laughs> They're juicy. And then some guns will launch like a rocket, son. They sound like they'd hurt too. Oh, I'd hate to get hit with one. You'd wake up a couple of days later with a heck of a daggum headache or a bruise on you. Fishing with Squirrel says that a, a, a dinner roll makes good wadding for a potato gun. Not that he knows anything. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, yeah, it's a uh, – but, guys, don't, don't ever forget to have fun. Just yes. like me and Mark, we're having fun right now, whether we own the bank or not, is that – I will never, ever forget how to enjoy it. Carl's trying to come in again. Come on in here, Carl. Even if we have to extend the show, we will. I don't think Absolutely. it's going to happen. He's uh, trying. You can't You can't say he didn't try. He's oh, no. Try. And if you watch any of Carl's live feeds, you know he's out there trying for hours on end. So, And he is putting some cotton pig and fish in the boat. Uh, when he I grabbed that 90, I rewatched that double that he got. What was it? Uh, how big were those fish? One was like 95, was and it, 90, I, I think it was 92 and an 86 or six, something, something like, like that. Back uh, to back, that, was, that was quite the effort, and he was pretty good. You know, I got nervous when I was rewatching it because he put that rod back in the rod holder. Oh, I with know. The fish hooked up. I'm like, oh man, I wish I had the guts to do something like that. I couldn't do it. I'd probably mess up trying to hold both or do both things at the same time. 
But uh, he managed. He he handled that situation well, and it paid off for him big time. Oh, it was a. That's right, Dale. He he had three fish that night. He had a ninety-seven, an eighty-five, and an eighty-two. That cool. it, that can you imagine having that in a daggum tournament? That would be yeah. That that would that that would be legendary. No one would forget that. Definitely. No, no, a three fish tournament. You come reeling in with it. Of course, he wouldn't have you wouldn't have a live well big enough for all them. Yeah, what do you you know? That's another question. Do you fish tournaments? No, huh? I fish okay. like the Jeff Manny's tournament, which is uh, mm -hmm. I wish other people would have it further away so other people can enjoy it. I'm not taking nothing away from Jeff Manning and, and um, oh, my God, I just had a brain fart. I can't well, he does the, the He does like the, the looking for the Grand Slam, right? One Grand of Slam, the Grand Slam tournament. Mm -hmm. Mark, that is so much fun. It's unreal because you get these tournament guys that get out there and fish. They'll catch that blue. They'll catch that flyhead. They have a heck of a time getting that channel cat. And normally on tournament day, they'll catch them channel cats. But if they have to catch them, that channel cat gives them a fit. Isn't, isn't that the truth with anything, you know? I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm looking. My mom's asking me. I have my elderly mother's asking me for a fish fry. I'm like, I'll get you some crappie, mom. No problem. Go out and I can't find a darn <laughs> one. Never fails. Or you turn on the camera, that happens all the freaking time. So I get it. When you need that fish, they're hard to find. Oh, God, yeah. I've done that daggum thought. I got this pond right down here behind the house. Uh -huh. And it's loaded with crappie and it's loaded with brim and stuff. And I thought, nah, I ain't going to go to the lake and get me some bait for tomorrow. I'll just daggum go down here to the pond. Well, crap. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't catch a freaking grasshopper if I wanted to back there. And it's bad about that run to the back of the pond down there, Mark. And what's bad is the backside of that pond is eat up with chiggers. Oh no! And if you go down there, last time I went down there, I had thirty, over thirty freaking chigger bites around my crotch. God, I thought I was gonna die, son. Them son of guns. If you ain't never been eat up with chiggers, people never. Trust I've, had, me. I've had ticks, never chiggers, and not too many of those. So, them son of guns will eat you the worst eat you've ever had for days oh man Doesn't for days <laughs> it don't quit uh let's see louisiana google earth go up the river from the channels cut across mississippi it must be answering somebody telling them where to go uh and that's another that's another tool guys is the google earth you can go back in the timeline yep and look at high water times and look at low water times a lot of times on them low water times, you're liable to see things along that river bank that you didn't know was there. That is a river that might be a good current break in high water times, which a lot of people, you like fishing high water times, flooding times. Absolutely. Yes. I do. Uh, I see Carl in the chat. He popped in there to apologize. Uh, we know you I, tried, Carl. Yeah, we do appreciate it, my friend. Absolutely. Uh, We'll we'll make sure that we do this again. Everything good, but my phone will not run with the live feed with power direct. Just like just like we were talking about with fishing. If things can go wrong, they 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 will. But it's those times when everything goes right that you always, you know, 
cherish the most and brag about. So, we, yeah, we, we and it, it might not be him letting it. He might be able to go live after the show on straight through his channel. It might be something where he's having to do a factory reset that's not letting him come in through our system, you know. Maybe he just wore that phone out using it as much as he does. You don't know. <laughs> Tell you, those streams, they get, they're, they're pretty long. He's the mar- one of the marathon men out there. What do you think about those long live feeds? I think they're great. People come in and out, in and out. It's kind of good. You know, it gives an opportunity for the angler and to, to catch fish, for the viewer to actually see what's what what it takes to catch those fish. Because, yes, yes. you know, you throw a 10-minute video together, you know, people don't know you've been out there 8, 10 hours. Right, right. They really don't. Yeah. It's it might, I'm, Sometimes I'm worried I'm going to set ex- expectations that, you know, that people are going to expect it and be discouraged. And that's the last thing I want to do. So once they start watching these live streams, you know, they, they get the whole picture. You get the conversation. You you know, you get feel what the mood's like. You, heck, you get to learn what, what fishermen snack on while they're fishing and for how long, what they're thinking about. And then the fish are just, you know, it's like the the top around the top of whatever the frosting on the cake maybe is a good way of putting it carl said it's all our stuff it does don't like him yeah carl no mm-hmm. uh, we like you we want you to come in here we want to do a great show it's uh you know we do appreciate you giving it your all buddy uh we'll dang sure do it again i promise you that we'll set it up and make we'll do it at a later date uh we do appreciate it Question for you, Carl. Have you caught any fish while you're out here trying to mess and get on with us? Uh, Give while we're waiting on. Yeah, I see Paula says she could fish 24-7. I know how she feels. Yeah, uh, you know, when Google, yeah, when Google or YouTube or whatever made that decision to make everybody have at least 1,000 subscribers to go live, that broke my heart, Mark, because I've done a lot of live feeds out there fishing. Mm-hmm. And there wasn't a whole lot of people doing them then, and I loved it. I had Justin fishing fetish and them guys one day. I couldn't catch a fish. I was struggling, and I said, "Look, guys, I'm gonna jump off here. I'm gonna relocate, take the boat down the lake. My boat ain't real fast, so it might take me a little bit." Now, nah, man, we want to go for a ride. There you go. So I just turned the camera around and we went for a ride. Pulled up, wasn't there, Dagum? Wasn't there a few minutes? And I caught the biggest gar I ever caught in my life. It was a probably about four and a half foot long gar. It's probably about that big around. I don't know how much it weighed, but they hung it out and got rewarded with a with a good catch, you yeah, know. So yeah, it was fun. There's it was on there about two and a half, three hours. So you just gotta entertain. Make sure, guys, if you're gonna do them long ones. Make sure you have some uh, that entertainment factor going on. Uh, you don't want to bore them. Uh, and it's hard not to on them long ones, guys. If the fish ain't cooperating with you, uh, I think Carl wants you to repeat the question, James. It looks like. Oh, have you caught any fish while you've been on your, your phone trying to jump on with this guy? Uh, there's Kentucky Cat, man. I don't know. He's probably been in a while, and I just didn't see his, oh, his name come up. S. Smith's in here. S. and K. Crappy Adventures. So what is your biggest crappy, Mark? 
I got a, a two pound four ouncer and it was a freak of nature. I haven't caught anyone even near that since then. So I think I need to go way south, maybe Lake of Egypt or Ren Lake or even go down to Mississippi and, and get some fish like that. But I, I'm happy with anything between 10 and 12 inches. They're good eaters. They're good right. fighters. I oh, like that. Yeah. You know, I like four-pound mono. I do use mono when it comes to lighter lines and stuff. I know oh, yeah, I get yeah. a lot of the guys in here a lot of a, a lot of I give a lot of guys the business about them using mono for catfishing and and they do the same to me for using braid on my catfish lines, but but it is what it is. Right. I, I, everybody has what they like. But yeah, that that's my biggest one that and I caught that a long time ago. I caught that at a a small suburban lake out here that doesn't have uh, access to anybody except the residents. So that okay. probably had a lot to do with it. You know how residents right. are on lakes like that. You know, when it's the people that live next door to Disney World, they don't go to Disney World. <laughs> no, no, no. Pretty no, much. No, so no, no, that, no, you're right. Yeah. Uh, you're right. And I'm going to tell you guys don't overlook these small farm ponds. When I bass fished a lot, I was still a cat man. I was still a cat man. And I still love bass fishing and ditch pickles, not just for bait, but because we can use game fish as long as you catch them hook line and sinker and get a child as part of your krill so let me say that it is legal in north carolina with that being said it's still a fun fish to catch and farm ponds guys you have a chance to 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 put your wall hanger uh, uh, on the bank and farm ponds you know i used to live bait those big golden shiners throwing big eight-inch gold shiners for largemouth bass. And uh, every once in a while you come across them farm ponds, the old farmer stuck in some channel cats in there, buddy, and you get oh, your yeah. line stretched. Mm, absolutely. Absolutely. I've seen uh, – there's a couple of little spots out here where I think some of the residents would have thrown some channel cats in there way back. And I've right. seen, like, between 8 and 13 pounders come out of them. With people fishing, they're out there bluegill fishing, and they'll come out anywhere and whack that night crawler yeah. out of nowhere. They'll hit a night crawler. They'll hit crickets. Brim fishing, they'll eat crickets. Uh, I, they I got like a three pound bullhead on two pound test ice fishing <laughs> last year. That was that was a lot of fun to catch too. <laughs> And it was the meanest, ugliest looking fish. So you know what, James? I go back this summer to get some bait out of this spot, right? They right. won't bite for nothing. I can't catch Not a one in the summer. They're like, oh my God, somebody help me. Yeah. It never fails. You got the only one in it. Oh, I don't know about all that. We'll catch them. <laughs> you know, and we catch them, we catch them on like those little uh uh vertical uh rattle trap type deals, the ones that oh, yeah. are made by this certain company, they're small. And they'll, they'll just hit them, they're nailing them, but in the summer, they won't touch nothing. Well, if you think about it, they got to eat live fish. They yeah. gotta, if they're going to survive, guys, I don't care what kind of fish, if they say that fish don't eat live bait, you're mistaken. mistaken. Whether it's little bitty shad or whether it's little bitty minnows, they're going to feed on something live. Michael, Michael. The color I like is the green bobbers, but I put pink lights on my bobbers. Uh, and guys, if you order these, guys and gals, if you order these bobbers and you want a certain color, and you know, right now all I've got is blue, orange, green, and pink. If you want a certain color bobber, but you want a different color light, just tell me. It's nothing for me to change it, but now I've only got certain color lights. That's blue, green, orange, red, and white. Now I can put the whites on there. But just let me know. But I like the pink light, Mark, because everybody's putting the blue lights and the green lights on their boats. Mm -hmm. Your eye starts getting used to that yeah. color. 
that pink light, you don't see much pink lights out there. Yeah. That pink light will draw your attention. If you don't believe me, ask Miss Betty Cross. She sent me a picture of that first pink one's out there. And it that pink light stood out like a sore thumb on the water. I see so Big Outdoors Life just came in, Quentin, right? Uh Quentin. Yeah, he's in here. How you doing? We've had some good names in here. I think that's coming in here to see if Carl was going to put a big fish in the daggum boat while he's watching. Absolutely. Uh, Quentin's a good guy. Heck of a boat builder. I love that boat. That oh, yeah. dude he had. Even though the uh, changes he made to what's that, a smoker craft? He just got that thing that he called yeah. his battleship. That's the yeah. kind of catfish boat I'm looking to buy, to be honest with you. I want yeah. something, something in that, you know, class right there. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, guys, uh, anything you use like that, if, if, if you got on a boat, you got multiple rods, but you got that one rod you really want to see go down. Like I got the James Burke rod, that red, white, and blue rod. I want to see that rod go down. Out of all my rods, that's the one I want to see go down. You, you need something to keep your eye because like Mark was talking, I've heard so many people talk about the flathead bite sometime is so subtle. Now, so far, all the flatheads I've caught, I was probably looking at somewhere else and they, I got lucky and they hooked up their sails and the time I seen it, the rod was already doubled over. But uh, on finicky times, that fish can be tough to catch. Um, so use something to help draw your attention to whether it's a bell or it's a light or something like that that helps uh help catch your attention i missed a question uh carl wells while fishing two weeks ago was talking to a bass fisherman in a tournament caught a seven pound bass on a brim and asked him if he needed it or he let it go uh yeah guys them little bitty lively brim, little, well, bluegill brim, whatever people call them. Sometimes them little bitty baits will draw you a bite quick. And guys that you got good channel cats in your water, throw you some of them little live brim out there, buddy. I don't know if them, sometimes I think the channel cats likes eating them more, but sometimes I think they kill them just to freaking kill them. <laughs> they do that to all the green sunfish I catch. For some reason, they're they're like, I don't know if, if this is true or not, but it's like they're they're natural born enemies or something to one another. If I have a green sunfish on there and a channel cat's near there, it kills my green sunfish. Every I've reeled them in and be they be mashed almost flat with the scales yeah. knocked off of them. <laughs> Absolutely. But at the same time. Then big brim head is one of my favorite baits to uh, freeline. You ever freeline any baits? You know, I I, I have a little bit. Um, it, usually in 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 the current, but I was fishing a. Um, we were we were more or less striper fishing for wall hybrid striper fishing in Indiana. Right. They're not that right. big over there, but we used to do that when we were kids. We would freeline a lot of stuff. We'd freeline everything from you know dead minnows to bluegill heads to to just all out night crawlers so they would work real good what we used to like to do is we would uh free line uh crickets right over where they're at and they'd come up and they'd hit that on the top and that was always fun to do i take it uh on my brim rod for uh out there in ponds and I, a little secret guys is find you somebody that fly fishes 
and get you a couple pieces, say 16, 18 inches long of fly line and tie that instead of a bobber. That fly line floats and actually got a lot more weight and it's very more aerodynamic and you it's almost like freelining. You just tie that in line and then tie your little short, you know, 10 inch leader on behind it and you can flick it out there and it don't want to give you that umbrella effect like throwing a bobber. Yep. And just flick that fly line out there and with your, and it's amazing uh, because well, I've got a couple of ponds that are real clear, Mark. They're so clear that the, it's like the fish are skittish. You really got that. I mean, I'm down to using two pound line to get them big brim, but we get into them one and one and a half and two pound bluegills in this pond. I, I know a guy who fishes water like that that actually hides behind a tree when he's casting, you know, and he'll stay behind that tree, a couple of bushes right there, and he'll cast from behind him, and, and he says that's the only way he catches fish out of there. So, Yeah, it's uh, we've had a couple. We had a rock quarry around here that had, and it, they finally filled it in because they made it a city park, uh, and I hated it. There was a largemouth oh. bass in there that I would say would probably be knocking on the world record you could not catch that fish. I freeline big old bass minnows. I'd load daggum hooks down with nothing but night crawlers. It'd be a pound of night crawlers on a freaking hook. Everything I could hide behind the rocks and flick that thing out there. That son of a gun. The only thing I ever had that fish to chase one day I had, uh, you know what color fire tiger is? That orange or bright green. Yep. I had a deep diving plug and i thought you know you're up here on the rock so you only got a second that it's down deep and then it's coming back up because you're way up here on the rocks at some of a gun it was coming back to the surface and that big old bass where's my hand i'm trying to find the camera that big old bass said whoop whoop i'm backwards he said whoop and then backed away backed off Oh, my knees was shaking. I thought, I'm going to have to jump off these freaking rocks to get this cotton picking fish or go swim in one. I've heard, and when they drained that lake, I think the city people, the environmentalists that was checking it, was checking it for life. Uh, what life it was supporting. We got a bunch of fish out of it. They had a crane with a basket and everything. We'd bring big old trash cans and they'd lower it down and they were scooping them out when they got it pumped down. Uh, nobody ever seen them big fish that was in there. Nobody, yeah. I think I think the city environmentalists took them fish. Took it, or maybe all. somebody got it. Hopefully, they put it somewhere else. Who knows? Or maybe they I used never, it for bait. <laughs> I never seen no largemouth bass, and I've caught a couple. I've got two that's over eleven pounds. Wow, that's, those, that's I've never, bad. I've never, and both of them out of farm ponds. Now I caught one that was a little over ten pound out of Lake Wiley. And Mark, it was a fluke. A buddy of mine said, let's go fishing. I said, come by and pick me up. You're on the way by the house anyway. I waited, waited, waited. He never come by. I thought, son of a gun. So I rode down to the lake. Didn't throw no rod and reels in the truck. And here they come down. He's in one of them little old uh, catfish headhunter boat. One he had the first one, the little uh -huh. one. And here they come down through the lake and pulled up. And buddy of mine said, hey, I go to the bathroom. He jumped off Johnson. Come on, get with me on the boat, try it out. I said, hold on a minute. Running the truck and my daughter's little bitty short, Rod and Reel was in there. 
and she had a little spinner bait that had one little Colorado blade on there, and it was black with hot pink tails on it. Early spring, the lake was flooded. I, he said, let's go back up this way. I said, y'all catch anything up through there? We ain't caught a thing. I said, well, go right around here, right there where the big buffalo was caught, buffalo car uh-huh. was caught. It's built up with, like, cross ties, and the water was lapping the top of it. Well, I took that little thing. You got close. I said, stop. I flicked it up on the top. It landed right up on top, and I flicked it and pulled right off, and it dropped about two foot and headed for the middle of the lake. And it was a big female, and when I pulled her up, she must have been laying eggs. And why she hit that spinnerbait, I don't know, because most times when they're on the bed, they won't hit nothing. Well, they'll hit anything that gets near them. That's my experience, you know. Right. When I'm out bait and, fishing, uh, if they're if they're spawning, I get anything near them, whether it's reeling in the bait I'm catching or just, right. you know, small little things. So We got a picture of her, and I thought any other time that would have been a wall hanger. That's before they actually come out with good replicas. Uh-huh. That would have been a wall hanger, but when I pulled her up, she was actually squirting eggs. So I just I took her back. We I laid her back in the water after we got a picture of her, and we took her right back over to that point. I didn't yeah. want her to disturb her. Took her right back to the point and let her go. With that being said, Mark, the big fish are our fish that give us good DNA in the water. They produce, not all fish will become monsters. Not all fish will carry the DNA to produce big fish. Once all the big fish are gone out of a body of water, that DNA is gone. And until DNA is reintroduced into the water, those waters will never produce trophy fish again. Practice catch and release, guys. Absolutely. Now, with that being said, I'm not a person that's going to, excuse my language, bitch and whine about somebody taking home a big fish. That is your fish. You caught that fish. It is yours to do with whatever you choose to do with it as long as you don't waste it. If you waste it, then I'm going to fuss. But if you take it home to feed your family, that is your fish to do with what, if you, as long as you catch it legal or whatever, that is your fish. I would prefer you cut it loose so my grandbabies have a chance to catch that fish or Mark's grandbabies or whatever. Yep. We got to uh, we got to help each other keep the waters productive with the fish that we want to catch. And if our waters have good laws, there's other law there's other states out there that do not have good laws. Yep. Let's help our brothers and sisters out there, guys. We can write letters to Congress or to whomever you need to write and help them out. Say, look, I plan on coming vacation to your home state, but I heard that y'all are crappy on y'all's laws about protecting fish. See, that way right there, Mark, then you start hitting them in the wallet. Yep, exactly. When they think that people ain't going to come to their state to vacation, then you might start getting laws changed. They ain't going to pay no attention to the homegrown people that's right there in their own town raising cane. But you let John Doe public out there that's in another state said, I want to come vacation there. I heard y'all got big fish. Oh, wait a minute. No, y'all don't. Y'all letting them guys take them out by the truckloads. No, I'm going to go to another state and then hang up. Don't say nothing else. Just hang up. 
sooner or later, they they get enough phone calls like that, they might look into making some changes. So, oh, absolutely. Uh, How's the laws in your waters down there? Um, they just recently enacted in the last couple of years um, a limit on flatheads with a slot, which is good. Uh, smallmouth <clears throat> fishing, which is a big money maker out here on the Fox, uh, <clears throat> sells a lot of tackle, a lot of bait. Um, right. there's, there's a season for it actually, which is odd in Illinois. Um, the rest of the state is, is still where it's at. Uh, but a lot of these local lakes and stuff, especially near the city where the populations are so high, they're starting to make some changes. The biologists are starting to pay a little bit of attention when we make noise. Um, you know, I, I'm another one that says selective harvest is the way to go. I agree. Put the big breeders back. Absolutely. Uh, think about it before you do. Do you want to catch a fish like that again? Simple questions. Ask yourself that. Make the decisions from there. That's where I pretty much stand. And uh, money talks. Money talks. Money talks. If you're not going to spend your money uh, somewhere, they're going to they're make changes to, to change your mind to do so. Yeah. Uh, question. Do you tag? Excuse me. Do you tag fish? I have not. That's something I would like to do. But they do. They do tag some. Uh, I believe they tagged some flatheads here. I know there was a program uh, south of me where they were doing some. One of the fishing clubs was starting to do that. I think that's a, a pretty interesting idea and, out here as well. Right. And I think, you know, it'd be nice to get more cat fishermen into doing the tagging. Uh, I think it's called tagger.com. And when you tag a fish, you go in and register that number, give them a little bit awesome. of information. And see, people, unless people have your number, not your name, but they got to have your number, then they can't see what information you put in there unless they catch that tagged fish. Nice. Then they can go to that, they can go to that website, punch it in, give out the information. But there's one fish that um, that Richard Warscow, that's the name I was trying to remember earlier, that helps Jeff, that helped Jeff with that tournament. Uh -huh. but Richard, either Richard tagged it or Jeff tagged it or Dieter tagged it. But that fish is being caught almost to the day, a year apart, within 50 yards. And it's being caught on, like, tournaments times and was released at another boat landing. It was a blue, but it was neat to be able to follow that and that fish, see that fish grow uh -huh. from year to year, how fast it grew. But it was interesting to the day that that fish was moving back through that spot again. Then that opens up a whole nother bucket of worms to ask questions. Where's that fish going? Gives us a lot more information and data. Data in this day and age is king, no matter what you do. There you, you go. Know, so, guys, so this, you said there's a site out there called Tagger. Can you like buy tags, tag your own fish? And yes, it, 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 they sell you the tagging gun and the tags and all. Uh, I'll I'll message Jeff in the morning and I'll post it up on, on okay. Catfish Weekly Perfect. and on my thing about it. Uh, but I think it's called Tagger.com. But you Let can buy know, the gun and the tags and everything from them. Uh, great information, great way to keep up information. And guys, start journals. Start journals. Absolutely. And start a journal of what you're catching. But be smart. Start a journal on your state. And when you watch YouTube, 
channels. Start writing down. I, it's November the 15th. We've had flooding waters, but it's sunny now. The water temperature is blah, blah, blah. This is blah, blah, blah. And this is who caught it. It don't have to be your fish for you to take notes. Interesting. I like that idea. It don't have to be your fish to take notes. If you'll pay attention, a lot of guys has already told you when they first come up. I did a Melhorn. A lot of times, the first information out he talks about is basically where he's at, what the water temperature is, and about how deep he's fishing. Great information. Great information. Even if he don't says if it's sunny or rainy, you can tell that by just looking at the, looking at the backdrop. So, you know, use every tool in your toolbox. Mark, it's 17 after, buddy. James, it was a pleasure talking to you this evening. I've talked it's years always. off. That's okay. I'm here for that. Hopefully the people out in chat were uh, uh, entertained with us. I think they were, so that's good. Good thing to be here. I'm happy to be here. I'm grateful for this opportunity, um, and I appreciate. It. I just uh, hope everything works out with Carl and everything's okay. Hopefully, we'll oh, see yeah. you back on the water soon and back on Catfish Weekly. Oh yeah, and we will. It was a, uh, but if you think about it, no more. Even though we shot the breeze back and forth, telling stories and stuff like that, there was a whole lot of information that's still out here to these people tonight. I agree. Sometimes just shooting the breeze is a lot of great information that can be learned. Absolutely. Guys and gals, with that being said, God bless America. God bless each and every one of you. I had a great time. Lyle is doing good. He's sore. I meant to say that at the very beginning, let y'all know how it was. I didn't know if he'd drop in here right quick or not. But uh, he is very sore today. I think today is day three of his PT. Uh, real sore, but he's doing good. The surgery, surgery was a success. Uh, it's just going to take him a while to, to do the healing. He's got his arm all bandaged up against his side and stuff like that. So he's having to do everything left-handed. He figured it'd be a lot easier for letting me and Mark entertain you in case we had to do any typing. Uh, but he is doing good and wanted us to let you know that he appreciates y'all's prayers and thoughts and comments. Mark, I had a blast. We'll do it I again. had a good time tonight. I had a real good time. I He'll probably let us do it again probably next Monday night, but if he don't, I still had a blast. We dang sure do it again. Carl is going to be live after this. He must got it figured out how to do it straight through his YouTube. Cool. He might have a setting on there that is not allowing him to go through somebody else's stuff. You got this new YouTube update. Check out your channels, guys. This new YouTube update has changed some things. I've lost some people that I know were subscribed and some people that I was subscribed to. Go back and check your subscriber list, guys. I lost about 20, 22 people that I know of that I had to go back in and resubscribe to. I guess it's the other day, Wednesday night, when they had to shut down, they done some updating. So check out your stuff. Mark, I had a blast. I had Me fun. Too.
Sorry, I talked your ears off, my friend. No, nothing to be sorry for. I was had a good time tonight. I want to make sure I say goodnight to everybody out in chat. I appreciate you watching. I appreciate Lyle and you for this opportunity. And I look forward to uh, talking and seeing you guys a, a lot more. Oh, yeah. We'll do it again, my friend. We'll do it again. Lyle, I guess you can shut us down, my friend. Yes, sir. <laughs> He's in control, 